0: This is Hockey Central 960 with Haley Salvian on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan.
1: All right, it's another week of the program. Welcome everyone to Hockey Central. I'm Haley Salvian. Here with you for the next hour, riding shotgun with me is Logan Gordon. You know him as my producer slash friend. You might also know him as the host of Sportsnet Today. You hear him on intermissions, post-game. I mean, he does everything. Logan, what's up?
0: Hi, Haley. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. How do I sound?
0: <laughs> Sounds good.
1: Yeah. This is, uh, this is the Haley flu game edition of Hockey Central. I'm okay. <laughs> I just feel like I sound nasally. Um, I don't know. It's December. I feel like everyone's just getting the common cold or flu right mm-hmm. now. So feeling great. Sounding great. <laughs> it's a flames game day so we're ready
0: (laughs) contain your excitement haley
1: oh yeah oh yeah it's great but no it's a it's a big flames game day uh second game in san jose against sharks flames beat uh the sharks on sunday five to two uh face them again tonight you can catch the pregame on hockey on sportsnet 960, pregame at 7, puck drop at 830. Uh, no Tomas Hurdle for the Sharks. He's been suspended for two games after the high stick against Elias home the other night. Looks like James Reimer is your projected starter from San Jose. Looks like Jacob Markstrom is starting for the Flames. That's from Wes Gilbertson of the Calgary Sun, who's in San Jose. He'll be on Flames Talk later with Pat Steinberg. That goes at 5 o'clock. So if you want to get more details on the ground Wes is going to be there with Pat. Uh, we'll also hear from Pat on this show. It's, a, it's Tuesday, so we're going to have the Tuesday Pat chat coming up in a few minutes here. Um, Matthew Phillips was the last skater on the ice. Looks like he's going to be a scratch for the fourth straight game. Chris Tanev was out there for the optional skate this morning at the AM skate. He didn't stay on for extra work, which could mean that he could be available tonight against the sharks. We'll know more come warmups during that pregame show again. Pregame at 7 on Sports at 9-6 of the Fan. Logan, do you have any thoughts on the last game against the sharks, you know, what worked and maybe what they need to carry over and maybe any little changes that they need to make heading into this one?
0: Well, I think a lot of it's going to be having your best players continue to be your best players, you know, Elias Lindholm will be the guy that you focus on because of the two goals early in the third, but He is such an important part offensively for this group, too. And when he looks like he did on Sunday, that confident guy who's going to use his shot when he gets his opportunity, this team is just in a better place. And it feels like this season has been a struggle to get all of those guys all pulling on the rope at the same time. And I think if you can continue a bit of what you had there in San Jose in that respect, into tonight's game, I think you'll be happy because if you can get Lindholm going and Huberto feeling good about himself and Kadri, it's kind of been one guy at a time throughout different parts of the season. If you can just get everybody on the same page. I think this team will be in a much better spot than they have been at different points of the year.
1: For sure. And his two goals uh, to start the third period was one of the fastest in NHL history by one player, two goals in 35 seconds to start the third period against the Sharks on Sunday. And that was a little glimpse, as you mentioned, like you want to get all these going, but it was a bit of a glimpse of the Lindholm we got to know last year, right? He's got that great shot, really deceptive release. Um, He's obviously a, a very talented goal scorer and it's good to see him start to do that again um let's go to the atlas pizza guest hotline because we have pat steinberg on the line he is the host of flames talk on sports at 960 i mean he's on the pre-game he's post-game he's intermissions he does all the things too uh so let's bring in our best friend pat steinberg to the show pat how are you
2: i'm well how are you friend
1: oh i'm good i uh caught caught a cold that I'm fighting, so I've introduced this edition of Hockey Central as the Haley Flu game, even though it's a completely different virus. But oh, Haley Cold game okay? doesn't really make sense. I'm fine. I probably just sound terrible. I'm fine. It's all right. I didn't want to leave Logo to host, you know, five hours of radio today. I was it's like, it's fine. Stop. I can do this. Logo, I need you. I, I need can you do stay. this.
2: <laughs> can you stay till seven on on Flames Talk too, man?
0: Yeah, I got you. You guys can <laughs> yeah. just take it. Just take a day off. I'll I'll, I'll handle it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's fine. Uh, we were just looking at you know the game from Sunday against the San Jose Sharks, Pat, and you know the things that maybe worked that you want to see carry over, and maybe what were some of the tweaks that you noticed in that game that the Flames maybe need to adjust to, because obviously I think. The Sharks team that we see tonight is going to be different than Sunday. They lose 5-2. to two. We know that they're going to try to make adjustments. They're going to try to be better. They're going to try to do that without Tomas Hurdle. Uh, but what do you look at heading into this game after the Flames beat the Sharks 5-2 to two on Sunday?
2: Well, honestly, I mean, first of all, the, the way San Jose played at 5-on-5, five five, I mean, I'm, there's not... There's not a lot there. They're just, they're not a very deep hockey team. And now you take away one of their two or three most important players, and they just get that much less dangerous or imposing, and, and Hurdle was really good for the most part. One of the the few bright spots for San Jose. I guess a few things from the Sharks. They're going to go Reimer tonight as opposed to Kakinen. and I didn't think Kockinen was bad, but I didn't think that he was a part of the solution either. Uh, and I, I guess getting Ferraro back will help. He has been a really underrated part of what they do on the back. So getting him back on the blue line, he'll return to the lineup this evening. That's going to be really important for the Sharks. uh, Because really, if you take a look at what happened on Sunday, it was Eric Carlson, and that's about it. I mean, Mark Edward Vlasic is just a complete shell of what he used to be. And it looks like Meghna (laughs) is going to come out and he was absolutely dreadful. So uh, they're just, they're not a very deep hockey team. And the only time they were really dangerous was a seven or eight minute stretch towards the end of the second period after they had gotten a couple of power play opportunities. And then on the power play, they were dangerous, especially when they, when they won the open face-off, that's how they scored both their goals was what four and six seconds after face Face off wins to start power plays. So, you know, if the Flames play the way that they're capable of playing, and that is by no means a given based on what we've seen through 32 games this year, but if the Flames play their brand of hockey, and if the Flames do a lot of the things and and repeat a lot of the things they did for the vast part of the game on Sunday, they probably win this hockey game. Even with Reimer in net and even with Ferraro coming back, you take Hurdle out and it's just the, the, the Sharks are not a very good hockey team and they're not a very good hockey team for a reason. So, yeah, I don't know if there's a ton of adjustments the Flames need to make other than, you know, maybe a little coverage off faceoffs on the penalty kill. But, again, take a look at that first power play goal. That's a great play by Carlson on the slap pass down to Meyer, and the second one was a redirected shot that was a a rebound for Hurdle. So, I don't know. I thought the Flames played a pretty solid game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Mark Edward Blasik is one of those players for me, Pat, that I keep, you know – this is like a regular thing it's like every six months like clockwork i'm like i wonder what mark edward blastic is doing in his retirement and then i realized that he still has like four years left on his very expensive contract and oh god and this is like constantly i brought this up on my show on the athletic hockey show that i host with sean gentile i, I brought this up on that podcast multiple times and every time he's like oh, we've been over this he's only like halfway through the eight year $56 million contract he signed. Like Mark Edward Blasick is still there on the Sharks. And that team is just, the state of that, that that franchise right now is tough. They've got a ton of bad contracts on the books for a long time. I think that's what made the Tomas Hurdle re-signing Right? So shocking last year. Like, Remember last year how we were talking about how he'd be the perfect fit for the Flames, and then it just went from, you know, how could the Flames make a Tomash Hurdle deal work to, oh, no, this guy is staying in San Jose, and that is a very confusing thing for both sides. You know sides.
2: what's – I'm I'm more confused by why Hurdle did it. Like, what, what – other than – Absolutely.
1: Other Northern than, like, like loyalty and liking being in – yeah. And but, money. Like, what, there, there's good money yes.
2: there. He had, like, 64 sure. reasons – Sixty-four million to stay, but I. Just, mm-hmm. If you want to win, they don't look like they're anywhere close to it. I, and and no. this is this is. And why no would they want to do that? Well, I I guess for like, them, they're sell like, well, high.
1: I mean, sell high, get what you can, and start. I mean, they're but they're they're stuck. That organization yeah, right. is going to be. Stuck I don't understand it. On, I don't understand it
2: on either side. I really don't. Yeah.
1: No, they're they're going to be stuck because they've got they've got hurdle signed through until what. Twenty twenty thirty—that's not even a real year to me at this point. Logan Couture is locked in till twenty twenty seven. I mean, Eric Carlson. And look what they 2027. had
2: to do. Look what they had to do to offload Brent Burns just to get out of that deal.
1: Oh yeah, Carolina Hurricanes uh, look pretty smart on that one, and then getting uh, Patchetti yeah, basically too. for nothing. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff from the Carolina Hurricanes. Okay, Uh, keeping with the Flames, though, Pat, they have six games within the Pacific Division between now and the end of the year, so, you know, until 2023. Edmonton, Seattle, LA Kings are ahead of them as of right now in the kind of playoff race, though too soon, but yet not too soon. Look at the playoff standings as of Tuesday afternoon. Obviously, these are very important games and points for the Calgary Flames to end the 2022 portion of the season off. Uh, You know, how would you describe the importance of getting, you know, getting as many points as they can through this last little stretch of the year?
2: It's big. I mean, you take a look at it. They're, what, nine games away from the halfway mark of the season. And they sit on the outside looking in. They have really since the stretch of five and one to start the year they have not strung wins together with any type of regularity and they've put far too many losing skids together you know they had a seven game losing skid they just snapped a five game losing skid and since winning five of their first six games they they've really struggled to put together wins and and I get it that it's great that you're able to get some loser points here and, and that's not a bad thing that helps you in the long run but at any point point? Did you think this year that we'd be talking about, well, it's a good thing they lost in overtime and they picked up that single point? I don't think anybody was thinking no. that was going to be part of uh, part of their story this year. So since since winning five of their first six, they've won nine of their last 24. That, that is not going to no. get the job done. So they have got to start putting wins together. And you do not want to be in a position where you find yourself changing for too long and you find yourself having to leapfrog too many teams the good news is right now they'd only have to leapfrog one team to get into a playoff spot either in the pacific or in the wild card i guess it to, to leapfrog two to get in right. to a pacific division spot but you know what i'm saying like they're not yeah, they're yeah. not a team that needs to to vault over two or three oh, teams no. but if they don't start putting wins together eventually they are going they lose some real ground. They really haven't lost that many, that, that many, uh, or that much ground. They have not put themselves in that bad of a spot that they can't rebound from. Or a good stretch of ten or fifteen games doesn't put them in a much better spot. We did say going into this year that the Flames are a team that probably is, are, are, are going to take a little bit of time. It's a team that's going to take a mm-hmm. little time to find their groove. Well, yeah. it's maybe taken longer than we would have liked or longer than we would have thought, and that is frustrating. But luckily, the Pacific Division and the Western Conference has been somewhat average this year as well. So if they do find their stride here, they've got a chance to, to put themselves and better themselves in terms of their positions. So I think it's important to, to start gaining some traction going into the second half of the season.
1: For sure. And I think if you look at the Pacific division specifically, and you don't zoom out too much and start looking at the central, like look within their division. And like when Jacob Markstrom is playing his game and the way that we know he can when he's, you know, finishing second in the Vesna voting, is there a goalie in this division that you would rather have starting for you? Right now, mm. You know, maybe Logan Thompson, you know, he looks great. Maybe you start having that discussion like, oh, I'd rather have the young guy. I'd rather sign Logan Thompson for an eight-year contract right now. But, you know, I think you put your trust in a guy like Jacob Markstrom over Jonathan Quick right now, over Martin Jones, over Jack Campbell. I mean, Thatcher Demko's hurt right now, and he wasn't having a very good season. The San Jose net position is a mess. I mean, John Gibson looks terrible in Anaheim this year. The Ducks are bad. So I think you can put a little bit of your trust and say like Jacob Markstrom is the best, if not one of the best goalies in the Pacific division. Yeah. And that should be if he finds his form and starts putting together, you know, games in a row where he looks like himself, then I think you start feeling a little bit better about the flames in their division. Right. Because part of the reason why I personally don't really trust the LA Kings, their Seattle Kraken is their goaltending situation. Right. How long is Martin Jones going to do this? We saw how bad Grubauer was last year. I mean, is is Jones going to keep playing well? Is is Grubauer going to, you know, regress down to the way that he was last year? I mean, the Los Angeles Kings look fine, but their, you know, goals saved above expected metrics are bad. So I think you can, you know, find a little bit of relief and some comfort in thinking that, you know, Jacob Markstrom's going to be okay and the Flames are going to be able to to be okay because of that. Like, he will take them pretty far if it comes down to it. Obviously, there's more to it than just goaltending, but that's something I look at in the Pacific is just how – Weird and untrustworthy, I feel, of some of the goaltenders in this division. And I think Markstrom's the one that you can probably say, like, yeah, I trust that guy.
2: Yeah and and the only team that has really put themselves in a spot and it's not even like they're playing all that well right now they're they're basically a 500 team over the last 11 or 12 games and that's that's Vegas but they're the only team that has put themselves in a spot to really separate and and even then you know they're not completely they're not even out of reach as
1: far as they point. used to yeah they were they look like it's they what were completely when you gone go and then they just start, yeah Oh, yeah. We were talking like, you know, a couple weeks ago, like, wow, Vegas has really separated themselves from the pack and that has dropped off. I mean, the Kings are six points back, which is a little bit, but it's not as bad as it was before.
2: I I do think when Markstrom is is, is, is healthy, first of all, but playing the way that He's played over the last six or seven starts and certainly what we've come to expect from him in his two seasons and a bit as a member of the, I do think he's still, and I know that there are plenty of, why is Markstrom getting so many starts? Cause he's going to start again against the sharks and what, that'll be his fifth consecutive start in sixth and seven. Um, you know why he's getting the starts
1: because, because he's your six million goalkeeper. dollar number one goalie in Calgary,
2: <laughs> and and he takes you the furthest. And the Flames, the Flames go to the playoffs in a Pacific Division playoff spot if Jacob is the guy, and if Jacob is your unquestioned number one guy. And and yep. he's looked that way. And it was good to see him. Because first of all, I agree with you. I think when he's on, he's the best goalie in the division. And I know Skinner's been good. And I think Logan Thompson has put himself into that conversation and good for him. Hell, people are, uh, I, I saw your colleague, uh, Scott Wheeler, uh, put him on his, if they did an Olympics right now, Logan Thompson would be my goaltender for Canada or one of the three goaltenders for Canada. He's really? put himself in that type of conversation because he's had that type of year. But Who I think Mark would be
1: an option? Now I want to go on this tangent. Had, Who else could had, be with Canada?
2: He had Darcy Kemper. I'm going to go pull it up right now. He had Darcy Kemper. Sorry, if they on the spot I don't. I, I'm. I'm happy to go in all kinds... <laughs> I, I go in all kinds of different directions. Hey, ooh, here's a
1: sidetrack. Let's go down that road. <laughs>
2: he's got. He's got Logan Thompson, Tristan Jari, Darcy Kemper. He does not have Carter Hart on his uh, on his list. So, and Hart would be kind of the fourth guy, obviously. For the longest time, Price was that guy, and it didn't really matter yeah. who else, but we don't know what Kerry's situation is going to be. Yeah. And I don't I don't think Marc Andre would be in that conversation anymore. I I would no. tend to maybe lean a little bit more Carter Hart's way. I know that it's been a rough year in Philadelphia, but I I, I like him a lot, and I think that internationally and in, in front of or behind a good team, he could be pretty good. But I mean Logan Thompson, the fact that this guy Last year, you're like, oh boy, what is Vegas going to do now that Laner's out? Is, is Logan Thompson, he's no good? Like, And then all of a sudden, Thompson you know, kept them competitive and kept them in the playoff mix down the stretch. And then they decided to go with him to start the year. Like, nope, this is our guy. And I think a lot of people looked at Kelly McCrimmon and said, are you sure you want to go with this guy? You know, unproven like that. But so far, it's been a really good gamble for Vegas.
1: Absolutely. I mean, he's got to be on the top of most people's Calder ballots this season. Um, Other, You know, you think of Maddie Beniers and and obviously Logan Thompson's way up there. I wonder if the goal, like if we ever get, you know, best on best at the senior international men's level in the next couple of years. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> I think. It's so depressing. have not it's had very since sad. 2014. I know. I was thinking about this and how much fun, like the World Cup final was the, the best sporting event I have watched in a really long time. I was like losing my mind. I have a, you know, a, a modular sofa and I squished it all together. And I was just like jumping around and standing up on my couch. Like it's a big couch. That's the point I'm trying to make. I, it, you know, I was like, you know, leaping from different spots on my couch because I was freaking out the whole time. It was very strange display. Honestly, I was just losing my mind. It was the best event I've seen in a really long time. And but the after the fact, I was like, man, <laughs> remember when we got to do this in hockey? And I'm not and I know we get it with on the women's side and candy U.S. women's rivalry is amazing. And we get the world juniors. And sure, that's fun if you care about that kind of thing on Boxing Day. Uh, but we haven't gotten that kind of like excitement and fun in a really long time and I was trying to think like if there was a Canada-US men's rivalry game or something I think that the goaltending might end up being the thing that helps the Americans over the Canadians and and especially their center depth too I mean remember for years Canada's center depth was just untouchable right because you get Crosby and Bergeron and you know what you're you're fighting over if you know who Ryan O'Reilly is going to be your fourth line center. John Tavares doesn't even make the team. I mean, Canada has a ton of centers, but the U.S. now has guys like Austin Matthews and Jack Hughes. And I was like, man, if we could have a Canada, I would Eichel love to- Jack Eichel. Yeah, like I could, I would love to just see a Canada-U.S. men's rivalry game right now and see how they would go toe to toe. And I would love to see Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid on the same team. It's just, it's such a and shame. If we-
2: and if we don't get best on best here in the next few years. So what what are we looking at right now? So it's about to be 2023. The next Olympics are 2026. We're not getting a World Cup until what 2025 at 20, the earliest. Yeah. Yeah, so Such a shame. If we don't if we don't get a World Cup or the Olympics, we will as hockey fans be robbed of the opportunity to, to see the two generational talents, like you've got, you've got that one guy in a generation, and Crosby was his. McDavid is now, and and you know, are they full on generations? No, but they basically, you know, they're there are their era's yeah, generational sure. player. We're going to get yeah. robbed to seeing them play on the same team because because they went with the under twenty three team at the twenty sixteen World Cup, and then they which robbed was us still great. I,
1: I stand by that. I'm sorry, the awesome. team North America I, was amazing. I loved it so much. And you much. know
2: what? It was great because we thought they were going to South Korea in twenty eighteen and we're fine with that. But then when the NHL decided to rob us and and got and you know, all the people like, well, the NHL doesn't owe the Olympics anything. They don't owe the IOC anything, but they owe us as fans something. Yeah. And they owe, they owe me the game personally worldwide. something. <laughs> well, but like think about it. They 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 took an opportunity to grow the game not once, but twice in both yeah. eighteen and twenty two, and they didn't go. And twenty two, I guess. Guess you can understand, but I still the players are still upset about that because they were gonna go and then they didn't. And an eighteen, they're just like, Well, you know what? It's not good for us, so we're not gonna go. And as a result we have not seen true best-on-best best in way too long, and it's going to rob some of the best players of a generation the opportunity of playing against one another, and the fact that we won't get to see something like Austin Matthews versus Sidney Crosby in a showdown like that, or we yeah. won't get to see Connor McDavid uh, centering Team Canada in a showdown against the greatest goal scorer of all time, Ovechkin, and maybe is a bad example because of the political climate, so I backed that one sure. up. But you know what I'm saying? Like it, yeah, it, yeah. It's just an absolute... It's a shame. shame. And the NHL robbed us of that. They really do. And I'm not saying that the IOC is blameless, and I'm not saying that the Players associations blameless, but the NHL, to me, has always looked at the olympics or is for far too long looked at the olympics as a well it's got to be good for our business model otherwise we're not going to do it and and I've always growing felt the game this is, is good is an for opportunity your business model to, right <laughs> and it may not it may not make an impact on your immediate end of fiscal year bottom line yeah. but it ends up growing your game globally and and they've robbed us the hardcore hockey fans of that but they've also robbed people around the world of yeah now i'm angry i'm upset and
1: I know, i'm prob- sorry i had to go down there because see- No, and it's and it's a shame. And that was the the reason I started to go down that. Is you're thinking like, okay, so Logan Thompson's Canada's goalie, and what he gets to go up against Connor Hellebuck? Like, I'm sorry, the U.S. probably beating Canada or Jake. Yeah, I mean, we're we're done, we're toast (laughs) because the U.S. goaltending picture looks pretty good, and their center depth is way better than it was a couple years. I mean, a couple years ago, the last time we saw this, ten years ago, eight years ago. Now, it's a shame. And me personally, selfishly, so when I signed on to do the CBC Olympics hockey show, it was a two-parter, right? It's like, you cover women's hockey, you do a good job, but you're also an NHL writer. There's going to be a bunch of Flames people, prob- like Flames players probably on, on these teams, right Backlund and Lynn Home. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is great. Ka-chock I can use my expertise. Pro. yeah. Like Kachuk, Gadro, there, you know, even Manjiupani was in the conversation. Remember yeah. that? Remember that last year? Absolutely. Man- for Team Canada, and I was like, "This is amazing! I'm going to have so much fun! I'm going to cover all the NHLers there. I'm going to cover women's hockey." And then all of a sudden, all of my prep sheets on roster projections just go, go, <laughs> go to hell. And I'm starting to look at like, okay, Easy. you know, who's 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 the second line player on the Latvian team? I think one of the men's. Uh, teams games it was like latvia versus slovakia and obviously you know we talk about your ice Koski, but that was a battle i was like oh my god i went from you know talking about Sidney Crosby and jonathan taves and all these guys i mean taves probably wasn't gonna be on the team but
3: you know you know what i mean
1: selfishly i was like oh no <laughs> my prep just got a lot harder than it was you know a couple weeks and ago no no disrespect, because we got to see Kent
2: Johnson play for Team Canada, and we got to see Mason McTavish yeah. play for Team Canada. Sure. That was kind of cool, but yeah, Owen Power was Maddie an awesome Baneers story. And Team Matty Beneers was there, and 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 look, it was really cool. Like I, you know, I, to to see to see Matt Robinson play for the Canadian team, like you know that dude that I, I was calling his games when that dude played for uh, the Calgary Royals in the HAHL. The Royals don't even exist anymore, but I, I was I was calling his game. And it's like you know, Matt Robinson is in the Olympics. That's cool to me. But and and no disrespect to like former Flames farmhands like Ben Street and Corbin sure. Knight and and uh, Adam Cracknell. But it's like no, no, no. I'd rather i call see it McDamon. as it is.
1: It's not the same, and it's fine. I'm sorry. It, it is. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, back to the Calgary Flames. Sorry about that. I'm sorry to anger you so much. Let's Oops, bring sorry. it back to the Flames. Trigger. <laughs> Bring this passion. You, you
2: did not You did not give me a TW before <laughs> I started this conversation.
1: I'm sorry. I didn't have this on my prep sheet. I will send you a picture of my lineup. I really didn't mean to do this. I apologize. Let's talk about the Flames blue line <laughs> because let's see if you can bring the same energy, Pat. Uh, oh. They can't seem to catch a break when it comes to injuries. Uh, we saw... Looks like from Wes Gilbertson that Chris Tanev was on the ice for the optional morning skate, and he didn't take extra work on the ice, which is typically a good sign, right? Nikita Zadorov was on the ice after missing practice on Monday, so there's maybe some hope there. Maybe they could be available today, uh, but still the fact remains that after a season last year with you know the fewest man games lost, the Flames can't seem to catch a break when it comes to their defense core.
2: Yeah, and it's interesting. I'm just uh, I'm just refreshing now um, the uh, latest NHL roster portal update came down about half an hour ago and Tanev still on IR. Now that does not mean that he will stay on IR. Uh, they can activate him and, and have him ready for the game tonight. Uh, they have added Nick DeSimone to the Flames active roster. So the with DeSimone up and Tanev and Gilbert on IR, Flames are at 23 players on their active rosters. So what that means is that they would have to make a corresponding move to activate Tanev for this game tonight. Now, the uh, the good news is Redeem Zahorna hasn't played uh, for a couple of games, and talking to Wes in San Jose today, he's they they still haven't they still haven't seen him, and and so he has not made an appearance. So they could I R Zahorna to move Tanev back in, and they would remain cap compliant like they are right now. They they could do some other moves as well if they if they wanted to, um, but I would imagine them recalling D Simone still puts the status of Tanev and or Zadorov in question for this game against San Jose, and the other thing is, um, you know, just talking to Wes, he uh, he also noted when when I was speaking with him today that. Uh, both Mackie and Stone were off at the same time as Tanev. So, uh, D Simone wasn't off that much later. So I think that the blue line picture is, is very much in flux for what the flames are going to look like in San Jose Tuesday night. But if they get Tanev back, it's and and he's obviously knocking on the door, whether it's Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, he's close to returning. Um, So getting him back changes everything. They're just a completely different hockey team with Chris Tanev and a completely different blue line with Chris Tanev active and and playing. But it's just one thing that has struck me, and I'd be curious to get your thoughts. I know we're we're running out of time, so I'll make it really quick. But one thing that has struck me is that last year the Flames had the most – uh, static blue line in the NHL, and that's a good thing. Nobody played three pairings more consistently than the Calgary Flames did last year. Hannah Finn Anderson, Shillington, Tanev, and Zadorov, Goodbranson. And since the off season, with Goodbranson signing in Columbus and Weger coming in, and Shillington not being with the team. They have had nowhere close to that type of continuity. And mm-hmm. yes, and Anderson have been together all year and that's good, but with injuries and without being able to roll a consistent third pairing and one that Daryl Sutter is comfortable with, I think that changes the identity of this hockey team because that ability to roll those three pairings was such a huge part and hallmark of their game last year. So I'm curious if Brad Treliving right now is equally as dialed in targeting an additional blue liner to help in that respect. Because I think when everybody's healthy, you're comfortable with Uyghur Tanev and Hannafin Anderson is your top four. And they just, Michael Stone is a good soldier. We know that, but they have not been comfortable in playing him the same amount that they would like to play him. So I wonder if they do go and look for another third pairing right shot defenseman that can maybe settle things down a little bit, or another left shot that you can pair with Tanev and have Zadorov move to his strong side and play. Uh, sorry, have Weger move to his strong side and play with right. Zadorov. So it's just mm-hmm. something I wonder about because they haven't been able to have any type of continuity this year.
1: Right. Well, think of in the offseason, we were looking at, you know, the Flames checklist and maybe this, not quite the off season, but when you're looking at training camp and they had 10 defenders signed to, you know, either one way or two way deals to play in the NHL. And you think, oh, gosh, OK, they do not need to look at more D. This is totally fine. This is not an area where the Flames need to be looking at. We can look at their three pairs here and you've got, you know, a nice battle for the six, seven spot. And I think when you're looking at Michael Stone, I mean, This is no disrespect to Michael Stone. I think everyone can appreciate what he brings to the table, but he's your ideal seven defenseman, right? Like you're in a good spot. He's your seven D because you like the way that he can just step into the lineup after sitting in the press box and he trains well and he's a good pro. Uh, It's he is your ideal, like professional, you can trust him to come in when you need him, seven defenseman. Um, Having him as the main guy on your third pair is not ideal. Um, for, you know, obvious reasons. I think when we look at how good the third pair looked last season, I mean, the Flames had three D pairs that they could trust in in all situations, right? I know there were moments where the third pair wasn't great. And there was points in the season where people were like, oh gosh, get good Branson door out of that situation. They can't handle it. Um, but for the most part, that was a really good D pair. And You know, I think when you look at the identity of this team, um, it's not just that they had continuity and structure on their D pairs. It was the ways in which they played, right? They had, you know, they were suffocating in the D zone and they were really good at getting the puck up to the forward group and they were good at pushing guys the perimeter and they were good at getting active into the offensive zone and blocking shots and doing all of those different things. So it wasn't just that they were, you know, they had consistency. It was just the way that they played. And, you know, it was just it was solid and, and they don't quite have that this year you're right and that's injuries yep. that's i don't know if it's systems injuries probably a mix of everything so you're right pat that's a that's a big point but that's all the time we have thanks bye, my friend.
0: friend
1: thanks for coming on i appreciate it sorry for the sidetrack sorry to upset you
2: <laughs> yeah i need to i need to go have a smoke yeah
1: go calm down yeah, don't smoke right. don't
2: smoke kids it's bad for you <laughs> and i don't either it's gross i just was yeah. making a joke
1: bye All right. There goes Bat Steinberg. He's the host of Flames Talk. You can catch that show uh, at five o'clock and he'll probably be on the pregame, postgame, everything in between today on Sports at 960. The Fan, that conversation was brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Come on in and enjoy hockey and football game day specials at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Pickup and delivery also available at Atlas Pizza, 403-248-3344. Coming up next, we are going to tee up uh, the rest uh, of this Flames San Jose Sharks game. We're going to talk to Shang Peng, who covers the San Jose Sharks for San Jose Hockey Now. That's coming up next on Hockey Central, Sports at 960, The Fan.
0: You're listening to Hockey Central 960 with Haley Salvian on your home of the Flames, SportsNet 960, The Fan.
1: All right, welcome back to the program. We got 15, 20 minutes left of the show here. Went a little long with the Pat Chat. That's my fault. I went down the Canada-US route. I went down the best-on-best route. I just had so much fun watching the World Cup. It's a real shame that we don't get to do that with hockey at the elite men's level. But uh, it is a Flames game day. Calgary Flames taking on the San Jose Sharks tonight at the SAP Center. Puck drop at 8.30 Mountain Time. I know it's a late start. Not great. Pre-game goes at 7 o'clock on Sports at 960 The Fan. Let's go back to the Atlas Pizza guest hotline because we have Shang Peng. He covers the San Jose Sharks for San Jose Hockey Now. We're going to scout the enemy. We'll take a look at the Sharks. Uh, Shang, how are you? Thanks for joining us today.
3: Uh, Very good. How are you doing, Haley?
1: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I know know it was an optional skate for the Flames today. Looks like we got a little information out of the Sharks skate. What do we need to know? from the Sharks' morning skate in San Jose today.
3: Uh, Nick Benino is now the Sharks' number one center.
1: Okay. <laughs> that's a big <laughs> one. That seems important. Yeah, okay. Didn't see that one coming yeah, on obviously. my bingo card this morning.
3: <laughs> obviously, with uh, Thomas Sherrill being suspended, uh, someone needs to fill in the role uh, next to Timo Meyer, and that's going to be uh, Nick Bonino. Uh Matt Nieto is going to take uh, Bonino's spot on the second line, so Matt Nieto, uh, second-line winger. And a James Reimer will start. And Amaro I has been out for, for a while. He's going to make his return tonight for the Sharks.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so no Tomas Hurdle for the next two games after the high stick on Elias Lindholm. I saw that he like he knows that he made the mistake on that high stick. But I think it seems like uh, Hurdle was a little bit surprised that he got two games. How do you feel about that decision?
3: Yeah, yeah. You know, I can see where he's coming from on that and while I do think that uh he deserves a suspension because you cannot use your stick in that retaliatory fashion at that height, uh that's just not acceptable uh in uh in, in this sport. Um, you know, there's a similar play and Hurdle referenced it himself. Um Evgeny Kuznetsov earlier this season, uh, took a whack at I think uh, Kyle Burrows and used his stick, uh hit uh Burroughs high and uh Bur- and uh, Kuznetsov got one game for that. And so looking at the Kuznetsov, suspension or the Kuznetsov hit, um, you know, Kuznetsov looked like he was doing something retaliatory. It looked like Kuznetsov was angry. It wasn't a hockey play. Um, The only difference I can see between those two is that Kuznetsov's uh, uh, swing uh, or where it contacted uh, at first was maybe a little bit lower than where Hurdle contacted Lindholm. Um, You know, Kuznetsov was maybe more clearly the shoulder hurdle, maybe slightly higher. Uh, but the, the only other difference that, that, that I can I can discern, and, and Hurdle suggested it. I don't know if this is a fact, but uh, but Hurdle uh, said that he felt that maybe the league, because of things like Kuznetsov suspension of the season, uh, to some degree, were making an example of him uh, to make it very very clear. Hey, we gave uh, this guy one uh, one game suspension for something like that, which you shouldn't do, and now there's another guy doing it, so we're going to give him two games to you know right. uh emphasize once again, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. don't use your, your, your stick as a weapon. Um so I'm not sure if I agree with, with that that part of it. Um but uh you know if you also consider hurdles a very clean history, uh but uh you know, one or two games though the NHL couldn't let it pass. So uh so yeah, so I I do agree with that part of it, with on the AHL side.
1: All right. So no Tomas Hurdle for this game. Uh, Nick Benino is the number one center. Uh, Calgary won the first game in this little series on Sunday, five to two. Um, doesn't look like the Sharks were particularly happy with their performance in this game. I assume we can expect, you know, a better Sharks team, or at least they're going to try to do better without Tomas Hurdle in that number one center position. I mean, what do you expect to see from tonight, especially in terms of them making adjustments after the game on Sunday?
3: Well, yeah, I think it'll be very disheartening if they come out with a worse performance than they did uh, in the the first game because they were pretty awful on Sunday. Uh, You know, first period obviously uh, they were behind the whole period. Uh, Second period they were okay, but third period Flames scored three goals in what I think 154. You know, Uh, so I, I, I would expect a much better performance. And just in terms of adjustments, I think a lot of it is just at least from. The coaching staff side, you know, everybody knows that there's a talent difference between the Sharks and the Flames on paper. But it's, it's for the coaching staff here, though, it's, that's not a question mark. And, you know, teams with lesser talent than the Sharks have won more games than the Sharks in the past. And so it's about getting the guys to believe, like, look, we, we just need to make a lot of the mistakes that we made against the Flames on Sunday were of our own doing. And we can play better hockey than that. And so trying to keep it kind of uh, internal, you know, keep the sort of uh, what they're focusing on internally about just playing better, making smarter plays, better puck management, that sort of thing. A lot of those things are things that, at least from the Sharks coaching staff point of view, is, is something that the team can do itself apart from whoever they're playing, be it the Flames or they play the Wild a couple of nights from now or anybody.
1: Right. Is this a team that you've seen have the ability to outkick their coverage, so to speak? Like, do they have ability to take advantage of teams who might be taking them a little bit too lightly?
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, if you look at the, the, the talent on paper, right, Eric Carlson is having a resurgence season, right? He's a Norris Trophy contender. Timo Meyer is a is a truly elite winger. I think he is uh, underappreciated because he plays in, in San Jose uh even though it's out hurdle tonight uh, logan Couture is still uh, you know a strong centerman uh they have they have good players um and it, like like i mentioned before you know you, you look at either they aren't the most talented roster but uh but teams with less talent can if they can come together sort of in a common goal and um you know uh, i guess uh uh be be sort of greater than than the talent and uh be mm-hmm. smarter than 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 uh than the than the opponent, then they can they can win a lot more games. You know, the, the Sharks uh shouldn't be quite where they are in the standings in, in my opinion. I think they have even played better than, than than that too. Uh but um in the end though, I mean yeah they, they are they are where they are in the standings though. So <laughs> right.
1: I mean you mentioned Eric Carlson. He's looked great this season. I feel like he's been on my Norris trophy ballot watch. Like I I hope I think everyone, I don't know. This is how I feel. I feel like Kale McCarr is gonna win a ton of Norris trophies. And if Eric Carlson is still producing and playing the way that he is right now, a month from now or at the three quarter mark of the season, I hope he has a chance to to be another finalist or get on another get another Norris trophy, get on another ballot because he's had a great Year. I mean, what has allowed Eric Carlson to kind of refine his form in a way that we maybe haven't seen at this level in San Jose the last, you know, year or so?
3: Oh, I think what's underrated in all this is that uh, Eric actually started off last season very strong. You know, I remember opening night last season. He told us, uh, we, we talked with him, I think, before the game, and he, was, and he told us, uh, I still believe that I am one of the best players in the world. And we didn't know as a media, we didn't know, really know how to take that, because we had a seen you know, his previous <laughs> yeah. two seasons. and you know if you, you know if you go back to the social media uh, uh, from from that from, from from that quote, you know there's a lot of uh, uh, let's just say there wasn't a lot of uh, belief <laughs> from, from, the, from from the from the Twitter uh, 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 <laughs> audience about, about that that little quote. Uh, but you know Eric, if anything, has never been lacking in, in confidence. And I think that's a good thing in a lot of ways, especially in this case, where uh, maybe other players might have doubted them, themselves a lot more after the you know two previous seasons where Eric had struggled with injuries and whatnot. And so anyway, last season, he he started off actually uh, through the first half of the season. He had uh, 26 points through 33 games. Uh, he missed a couple of games because of COVID, that sort of thing. But he was playing at a very high level last season or, already. And it would have, I think, received more notice if he had been able to stay healthy, which, of course, has been uh, maybe his number one kind of obstacle toward uh, being a lead player in the last uh, half decade or so. And so he uh, he had forearm surgery in January. He basically missed. He did come back and uh, for, for part of the, the rest of the season. By that point, the Sharks were out of the playoffs. Uh, I think his play, I think, suffered in part because of that, maybe a little less engagement because the Sharks really weren't playing for anything at that point. Uh, but the first half of the last season, though, he was already showing that he had a lot of game left. And it just sort of, sort of carried over this season.
1: Right. Um, OK, so I want to talk about Timo Meyer because he's another one that you've talked about here as, as an elite winger, you know, a talented player that the Sharks have on this roster. I mean, he's a pending unrestricted free agent. Do you think he's somebody mm-hmm. that get, gets moved before the deadline? And, and what might San Jose be looking for in a Timo Meyer swap?
3: Oh, I don't know if I heard you right, but I think you said unrestricted. Uh, he's a restricted free agent, so uh, that um, makes a yes, uh, yes. Sorry, he's an RFA but, uh, at
1: the end of the season.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it makes a big difference, obviously, in terms of what the sharks. The sharks don't have to do anything with Timo uh, this uh, trade deadline, unlike uh, what they had to. You know, they had to make a decision on Tomas Hurdle uh, last season because Hurdle was going to be a USA. Uh, but uh, my my feeling on it though is that if I were to guess now, this is just this is just a guess. If I were to guess now, I, I would have guessed that the Sharks uh, move move Meyer. Um, it's not because they don't like him. It's not because Meyer isn't a great player. But I think that Mike Rear, you know, obviously taking over this summer, uh, is a little bit more on the side of at least this is the feeling I get. A little bit more more on the side of uh, we have to kind of move on from some of these big contracts. And 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 even though they won't use the re, re, rebuild word around here. <laughs> Uh, you know, they, they have to sort of start to start to rebuild. A couple of mm-hmm. the kind of the, the clues to that, in, in my opinion, are just how open Greer has been about his willingness to listen on his players. Uh, just like, you know, we, we've we heard, obviously, that uh, the Sharks are willing to listen on Eric Carlson, even though Eric Carlson is having uh, like we said, a Norris Trophy caliber season, um, and that's not something that would have happened under uh, Doug Wilson. I think Doug Wilson would have never, even though every GM, it's really not as big a news as people are making of it. And you know, every GM listens on every player. If you're not listening on on every one of your players, like if you're in Calgary, uh, you know, uh, and, and 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 someone calls you up and it says, "Hey, let's talk about." You know, whoever, right? Uh, Matthew Tkachuk last season, or you know, for for the Flames now, you know, Hubert or whoever, right? Of course, you have to listen, right? Someone's going to, uh, you know, offer you Connor McDavid or Huberto straight up, you know. You, of course, you have to take a deal like that. But anyway, though, um, so it's not that big a deal that, that 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 Greer is listening on on players like Carlson and Meyer, but just that uh, the willingness to admit it <laughs> and, and be open about it is different than than Doug. And also, too, I think right. another part with with the Meyer thing that's important is that um, uh, they haven't really offered Meyer a contract yet, and yeah. uh, that's from uh, uh, that's from a uh, uh, Myers agent uh, Claude Lemieux, who I've spoken to about this, and they don't expect uh, uh, Myers camp, uh, they don't expect an offer from the Sharks until the end of the season. And again, now th- I, I will preface it by saying that again, Meyer's an RFA hurdle is a UFA, so it's different. But when Hurdle before uh, Hurdle resigned with the Sharks. For the year leading up to it, we heard nothing but, from the Sharks, nothing but, we want to keep Tomas Hurto. We want to do everything in our power to keep him, basically. And you don't hear that kind of talk from Greer about, about Hurto, about Meyer, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are the kind of things that make me think, eh, you know, uh, you know, as much, as good a player as Meyer is, uh, as good a season as Meyer is having, right? I, I think that Greer can kind of see what we all can see. As great a season as, as Meyer is having, like, how much is he helping the Sharks in terms of their, you know, their, what are they now, 10? You know, <laughs> I cover yeah. this team so long I try to forget the, 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 the record, right? Uh, they're 10, <laughs> 17 and well, whatever they are, 10, 18 and whatever they are, right? And yeah. so, yeah, so, so it, it, it might better serve the Sharks long term to, uh, to, to, to trade uh, Timo while his value is still really high
1: yeah i mean the reason i ask that is i see some flames fans on social media looking at like ooh maybe timo meyer could be uh, huh? a fit for the flames that you need some guy i mean you need somebody you need an elite winger you need someone with finishing ability somebody who flames fans have certainly had their eye on obviously it's another conversation to to think of uh would the sharks trade him within the pacific division but yeah it just goes into the conversation of the state of the franchise what direction is this team taking but that's definitely a conversation for another day and unfortunately we are out of time with you shang but thank you so much for coming on the show and i appreciate the insight into the sharks yep anytime all right there it goes shang Peng he is a san jose sharks writer for san jose hockey now uh, on the atlas pizza guest hotline that conversation brought to you by atlas pizza and sports bar you can dine in pick up or have your game day special Delivered. Find out why Atlas Pizza is a 14 time Consumer Choice Award winner, 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast, or call 403 248 3344. That's all the time that we have today on Hockey Central and Sports at 960. Uh, again, Flames Game Day. Flames taking on the San Jose Sharks tonight at the SAP Center. Puck drop eight thirty Mountain Time. Pregame goes at 7 o'clock on Sports at 960. The fan, you can hear some more insight on the ground in san jose west gilbertson from the calgary sun is in san jose he's going to be on flames talk later on with pat steinberg who you heard on the show uh on the tuesday pat chat coming up next is the hockey pdo cast with Dmitry filipovich and just a reminder that our hourly podcasts like hockey central 960 are available for every show on demand apple google spotify wherever you get your podcasts and we will see you again tomorrow at two o'clock on hockey central sports at 960 the fan